Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. We have been in a series that we've been calling For the Culture. We have been talking about what it means to live in the kingdom of God, what it means to live in this way that God came to establish. When Jesus came, he came, come on, what's Matthew 4 and 17 says? He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is the message that Jesus came preaching, that the kingdom of heaven, the way of heaven, the things of heaven have now come. So over the last several weeks, we've been taking some time to ask ourselves the question, am I living for the culture of this present moment or am I living for the culture of the kingdom that he came to establish which culture am I living my life for? Which culture is my life replicating? Which culture am I duplicating and multiplying and expanding every place that I go? Is it the culture that I came from or is it the culture that I'm going to? Is it the culture of the kingdom? And we have been digging into it, exploring things like forgiveness and judgment and material wealth and what it means to welcome other people home and what it means to truly neighbor and what it means to live a life outside of ourselves. We have been living for the culture of his kingdom. And it's taken some deep work and it's taken some digging because there are a lot of other things that have gotten mixed in our culture. Things that we get from media content, things that we get from the families we grew up in, things that we get from the country or the date or the time or the generation that we live in. How many of us know that we have a lot of different age groups and generations represented in this church and the culture that we're all living in, though we live in the same day and the same time and the same moment is not always the same culture because we've got a lot of other things that have influenced the way that we see and think and the feel about life. But the culture that we're all focusing on is the culture of heaven that Jesus came to give us a new culture, a new way of living, and that he has called us into his kingdom. He has called us to be more like him so that everywhere that we go, we now have the chance to reflect that kingdom culture. And so today we're gonna have our final installment of this collection of messages, and some of you are like, thank the Lord. I thought we were never gonna get off of it. And in some ways, we're not. In some ways, it is what we are always talking about, is how do we live more like you, Jesus? How do we reflect you better in this moment? But officially today, the series will close. In our final message on For the Culture, we're gonna have two parables with one message. Come on, tell somebody next to you. Two parables, one message. Put it in the chat. Two parables and one message. And I don't want you to be nervous as you turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 is where we're gonna find our two parables that have one message this morning and you don't have to be stressed. Some of you are like, last week we read the entire word for word parable of the prodigal son. Are we gonna be here until lunchtime? We've got two. No, these ones are very short. So rest assured your turkey is fine. 
Matthew 13, starting in verse 44, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and he covered it up. Then in his joy, in his what? In his joy, he goes out and sells all that he has and he buys the whole field. There's this man who finds a treasure. He's out in a field and he finds a treasure buried in the middle of this field. Now this wasn't that uncommon of a practice. There weren't banks that existed in the time when Jesus was originally telling this story. There were no lock boxes or even at-home storage units where people would lock up their most prized possessions. So if someone had to go on a journey or if someone had a treasure of great worth, what they would do is take it and hide it and bury it somewhere where they could return to. And basically it was finders keepers rules. If somebody did not return to their treasure in an allotted amount of time, or if someone came upon that treasure, it was considered the person who found it. However, sometimes, as you can imagine, some disputes rose about who actually possessed it, and there would be some arguments. When somebody finds a treasure, a lot of people are going to want to have a hand on who really should get the full portion of the treasure. It's similar if you remember the, the story about the talents and the different servants who got different talents. One of them takes his portion and he buries it and hides it. So Jesus is telling a story about someone who buried and hid a treasure and someone else who came across it and found it. And so to ensure his ownership of this treasure, the man went out and he sold absolutely everything that he had with great joy so that he could come and buy the entire field. And in buying the field, he secured his ownership of the treasure. He secured the fact that this treasure now belonged to him without dispute. He bought the whole field. And then in Matthew 13 and 45, it goes on. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant, a merchant in search of fine pearls. And then this merchant went out and he, finding a pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He, just like the man who found the treasure in the field, this merchant has been searching, has been looking for a certain kind of pearl, and he finds a pearl that is worth more than all the other pearls. He finds a pearl that is of great value. He finds a pearl that has something special about it, that has something unique about it, that makes it worth more than all of the other pearls. That he, and so he goes and also sells all that he has for this one pearl. The kingdom of heaven is of great worth. The kingdom of heaven is of great value. It's worth all that we have. This kingdom that we have been talking about, this kingdom that we have been leaning into, this kingdom that Jesus came to announce, it's not common. It's not like every other thing in your life. It's not like one of the things that you just happened to stumble upon. It wasn't like all of the other pearls. He'd seen some pearls before, and he'd seen some treasures before, but there was something about this one that was better than all the rest. 
it was better than anything they had seen. This one had great worth, and this one had great value. And so both of the men, two parables with one message, both of the men, when they found it, they went and sold everything that they had for the value and the worth of this treasure that they found, of the pearl that he found. But value and worth are kind of funny things, aren't they? I mean, if you think about them, sometimes we tend to think of value and worth as fixed measurements, that this is what something is worth. This is what we pay for something. But the truth is that the value and the worth of something is very subjective. The value and the worth of all of the commodities that we come across have a lot of variation in them and tend to move and change depending on your season of life and the needs that you have and the climate around you and the supply and the demand and all of the different factors that truly affect value and worth. The value of being a participant in a social event and the value of a good night's sleep are very different things when you're in your college years and when you're in your 40s. They tend to fluctuate spaces in your life. And it actually doesn't make one better or worse than the other. It means that they have a different value to you based on the season of life that you're in. A Lamborghini is a bad-looking car. Come on. They start at like $200,000, right? They start there. I'm going to repeat that. They start at $200,000, right? But to be honest, a Lamborghini has little value in my life. Phil and I have three tiny people who all still require car seats to ride in the car. What on earth am I going to do with a Lamborghini? A mini, give it to my dad. A minivan has far more value in my current situation because of the circumstances of my life than a Lamborghini would to me. I know, some of you are so wounded. <laughs> right? It has to do with all of the different, the value and the worth of something has to do with all of the different situations and circumstances that are surrounding it. In 2014, if you lived here in Northwest Ohio, we had a situation with our water. And overnight, I went to bed and I woke up and suddenly the value of a 99 cent dollar bottle of water changed in my life. It shifted in my life. It moved for me because suddenly what the night before was worth hardly anything to me. What the night before I would have drank half of and forgot about it and left it in the back of the car and found it two weeks later. All of the sudden I was digging everywhere to find out, are, is there more bottles of water somewhere? I was counting up how many bottles of water do we possibly have? I was looking all over because the value of that thing was determined and was moved and was shifted by the situation and the circumstance around me, the value and the worth of homes right now is moving and is shifting because of the supply and the demand and the change and the move in populations. If you go to different cities, the same square footage in the same exact house is worth a different amount because all of the situations around it have caused it to be different. Part of what we have been learning over the last nearly two years now has to do with our values 
and what certain things are worth to us and our values have been challenged and our values have had to be evaluated and we have come to, had to come to terms within ourselves about how much we really value certain things and how much we value other things and we have reprioritized and said, you know what, I thought that thing mattered to me a lot. But when I lost it or when it moved and when it shifted, I realized I valued a quiet night at home with my kids far more than I valued all of the things that were pulling. We have had to come to reckoning with what our values are and how they move and how they shift around us because our values and our worth are highly subjective. Who's heard of Kyle McDonald? Probably not very many people, but he is a fascinating person. In 2000, I think 14, Kyle McDonald traded a red paperclip for a two-story farm home. Oh, yes. A red paperclip, a regular red paper, not like anything fancy going on with it, not anything different. A regular red paperclip like you would get in a box for $5. A regular red paperclip. He made a series of bartering trades, 14 different trades, to all the way up until he had started with a red paperclip and he ended with a two-story farm home. It's fascinating because Kyle understood something. He understood that the value and the worth of something is highly subjective depending on what you need right now, depending on what you have lack of in your life right now, depending on the difference between the person who possesses it and the person who is in need of it. And Kyle possessed a red paperclip and for some reason somebody else had need of a red paperclip. And so Kyle said, I'll trade you a red paperclip for a fish pin. That was the first trade he made, a red paper clip for a fish pen. And then he continued to make all kinds of trades, trips and rent for a year. And a globe was in there at some point, like a snow globe, all the way up until he kept making these barters and these trades until he got a two-story font, like not one of those like little mini houses. I just really want you to get the picture, right? Not one of those houses where they go like, it's a house. And you're like, that's like a closet that you've put a bed in. It was a two-story farmstead home because he understood the value in how to trade one thing for another thing. He understood that it is possible to continue to trade up in our life, to trade something small for something bigger. Come on, this is part of the message of the kingdom that you get to exchange something small in your life for something far greater. Kyle knew how to make an exchange. He knew how to trade up in his life. And as we look at these final two parables today, I want to ask you the question, what are you trading in your life? What are you exchanging in your life? Are you trading up or are you trading down? Are you trading for something of greater worth or are you trading for something of less worth in your life? Are you exchanging something small for something big or are you exchanging something big for something small? Because when these two pictures and the parables found treasure, they traded everything for it. 
They traded absolutely everything that they had. They found this treasure and they said, this is worth more than anything else that I found. This is worth more than anything else that I possess. And so I want to go and I want to sell everything that I have so that I can put it all in this place. What are you trading in your life and is it worth it? Sometimes we exchange things in our life for the kingdom of heaven because it feels like it's worth it to us or rather it doesn't feel like it's worth it to us to trade in some of our own culture, to trade in some of our own desires, to trade in some of our own wants for the kingdom that he, what are you holding on to? What is maintaining it costing you instead of trading up for the kingdom of God. Come on, you can bring him that feeling of unforgiveness. You can bring him that root of bitterness. You can bring him your own sexual desires. You can bring him your hurt and trade up for the kingdom of God. But every time you continue to hold on to it, you're trading down. You're trading this present moment. You're trading this cultural context. You're trading this wound. You're trading this thing and holding onto it and saying, you know what, I actually value my culture more than I value your culture. His culture is of great worth. What are you trading for it? A debt culture that tells you you have to keep up with the Joneses? A success culture that tells you you're made by the thing that you achieve? A fame culture that tells you you're known by how many likes and shares and if somebody knows you? What are you trading in exchange for his kingdom culture? It's of great worth. The kingdom of heaven is of great value and it's of great worth. Are you trading up or are you trading? No, he says you can bring him your mourning and he'll give you joy. You can bring him your sorrow and he'll give you a spirit of gladness and a dance. You can bring him your unforgiveness and he'll give you healing and forgiveness in its place. You can bring him your sickness and he'll bring you healing instead. You can bring him your broken places or your ashes, your place that has been torn down and broken down. You trade up when you trade into the kingdom of God. What are you trading the kingdom for in your life. I want you to trade up. Trade up because the kingdom of heaven is of great worth. Paul understood this when he wrote to the church in Philippians and he said, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For the sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as, as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. What's Paul saying? He's saying I traded everything in exchange for Jesus. I traded everything in exchange for the sake of his kingdom. I traded everything that I had. I counted all of it as not worth anything to me. I counted all of it as worth hardly anything. I counted all of it as worth nothing in exchange for what I gained in the kingdom of heaven, in exchange for what it meant for me to live in life with Jesus. I counted all of it as lost because because it was nothing. I realized that it was just a red 
paperclip in exchange for the glory of his kingdom. Because Paul had been avid, an avid disciple of the Jewish tradition, a zealot in that way. But when he encountered Jesus, he found something different. Paul had been sold out to the culture that he was raised in. He had been sold out to the customs and the way that he was brought up. Nobody was more excited about the culture that they were in than Paul. But he encountered Jesus. And when he encountered Jesus, it was uniquely different for him. There was something different about this moment. And so it changed everything about the way that he lived, about the way that he thought, about the things that he went after, about the things that he valued. It changed everything. Living in the kingdom changes everything changes everything about the way that we live, changes everything about the way that we think, changes everything about the things that we go after and the things that we value. It changes everything. A treasure in the midst of a field stands out. A treasure in the midst of a field doesn't look like everything else that's around it. All around it is dirt and is soil and is weed, but there is a treasure in the middle of that field as well, and the treasure looks different. There was a pearl that was unlike all of the other pearls. When the merchant went, and he was used to looking at gems and precious stones, and he was used to trading, but he said, that one stands out to me. That one looks different. Living in the kingdom culture ought to make you look different. Being part of the kingdom of heaven should cause us to stand out. It should cause there to be something different about the way that you order your life. It should cause there to be something unique about the things that you value. You should stand out from all of the things around you because there is a different value in your life. When we pursue the kingdom of heaven, we are unlike everything around us. The kingdom of heaven is visible through its people. And its people are visible when we stand out. I'm concerned about believers that don't stand out. I'm concerned about citizens of the kingdom who are too concerned with integrating into the current culture rather than integrating into the kingdom culture. We haven't learned a new language and we haven't learned a new custom and we haven't learned a new value or a new work ethic. We're still carrying all of the customs of the place that we came from. When Jesus says, I have called you to stand out. The thing I have for you is of great value. It's of great worth. It's not like anything else that you've been in the midst of or anything. When you trade with me in my kingdom, you trade up. So won't you stop trying to blend in and won't you please come and stand out? We are called to be people that stand 
out. Because when they saw this representation of the kingdom that stood out in the midst of a field that was unlike any of the other pearls, it says the man went with great joy. He went with great joy to sell all that he had. Now, have you ever thought about that? If I told you today, go sell everything that you have, how many of you would have great joy in your heart? You'd be like, ah, when you say everything, let's define everything. But because he recognized the thing that he had come encounter with, because he recognized the treasure that it was, because he saw how uniquely different it was from everything else, there should be a great, I don't hold on to the customs that I walk away from with half of a hand and with a back eye saying, I kind of wish that I was still allowed to behave in that way. And I kind of wish that I was still allowed. You are allowed. You can do essentially what you want to. The question is, is it profitable? Is it beneficial? Does it cause the kingdom of heaven to be established? When I see what great value the kingdom is worth, when I see what everlasting joy it brings into my life, when I see what goodness it has, when I look back and I know that I have only traded up whenever I trade with Jesus, I don't hold on begrudgingly. I don't even let go begrudgingly. I say it's with great joy that I let go of all of this that I used to count as something, but now I consider all of it lost and I come after his kingdom. I run after his kingdom, his kingdom that has great worth in my life, his kingdom that I value more than anything else in my life. There is great value in it, so my heart is overjoyed when I think about his kingdom. My heart is overjoyed when I think of all that I've let go of just to run after the kingdom of God. I don't worry about what I left behind because I keep my eyes straight ahead on what I'm running after on what I'm going after on this kingdom that he has called me into on this kingdom that he is here to establish on the way of Jesus that I get to be part of there is great joy in the kingdom there is great joy in trading up there is great joy in the exchange that we have and Jesus always goes first. Jesus always gives us. He is our perfect example. He is our perfect picture. He said, I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't done. I'm not asking you to replicate anything that I haven't shown you. I want you to leave everything and to see the value and the worth of my kingdom. And I want you to run after that thing. And he said, and I'll go first. And Jesus traded heaven for earth to be wrapped up in bodily form. And then he traded a life on earth for a death on a cross. And it looked like he was trading down because then he traded hanging on a cross for being rolled in a tomb in a grave. And it looked like he had traded down again, except for 
in the kingdom, you can't help but trade up. And he traded death in a tomb for resurrection life. And he traded up because he said, because I have rose again, because I traded it all, because I looked across the field and I saw you, the treasure in the midst of a field. I saw you, something of great value and great worth in the midst of the field. I saw your life being walked out. And I looked and it said, for the joy before him. He looked through the field of dirt. He looked through the field of going to the cross. He looked through the field of all that he would exchange and all that he would lose and the names they would call him and the things they would say about him and not being accepted by the crowd and the pain of the present moment. And he looked a little bit farther down the line and he saw a great exchange. And he said, it's worth it. It's worth it for you to have a path into the kingdom. It's worth it for you to be the treasure that comes home to Jesus. It's worth it. He looked and he said, I'll go first. When I ask you to trade everything for the kingdom, it's because I went and I traded everything for you to come into the kingdom. The kingdom is of great value. The kingdom is of great worth. The kingdom is worth exchanging absolutely everything that you have. There is great value and there is great worth in the kingdom. That's not the things we put on or the things that we do. It is the life in Christ Jesus that we have. Romans 14 says it this way. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I give everything for the kingdom of God, not out of begrudgery, not out of heaviness, not because someone pried me or or tortured me to do it or held my hand and said, you're never going to make it all the way in unless you give. No, I give it with great joy because there is a great exchange that has happened on my behalf and when he saw me he saw something different and when he saw me he saw something unique and when I encountered Jesus I encountered something altogether different I encountered something altogether new I encountered something uniquely different from the way I used to know from the way that had been spoken to me, from the way I thought things should work, I encountered something different. And I exchanged it all. I hold on to nothing except for Jesus Christ and his righteousness. It's of great value, and it's of great worth. And as you look back over these last several, I think eight, and eight, nine weeks, and you think about all of the different things that we've talked about, I want you to ask God, what am I still holding on to? What am I still believing that I can trust that thing more than I can trust you? And ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to walk you into the path of great worth and great 
value into his kingdom because you will always trade up when you trade in the kingdom. You will always trade up when you let go of this. I know there are a lot of things that you're coming out of. I know there are a lot of things that weigh heavy on you. I know there are a lot of places and spaces of uncertainty and I know that we hold certain things and we say, but Jesus, if I let go of this, are you gonna be faithful? If I let go of this, is it really gonna work out? If I let go of control in this area of my life, I'm just not sure. I don't wanna end up like so many things I've seen before. And I don't wanna walk down so many paths that I've seen before. God, I'm not sure. He is faithful. He is faithful. When you trade in the kingdom, you always trade up. A man found a treasure in a field and he sold everything for it. Everything for it. Let go of everything that is not pressing your life deeper into the kingdom. I know, some of them are super easy to give up on, right? You're like, I don't wanna be depressed anymore. Ooh, I'd love to let go of that. Some of them are a little bit harder. Sometimes our trust and our wealth is a little bit harder to let go of than pursuing his kingdom culture. Sometimes getting outside of our place of comfortability and stepping out to really connect with our neighbors requires me to let go of my feeling of self-sufficiency. It requires me to let go of my feeling of control and ownership of my own time and my own count to reach out to somebody else. Whatever he's speaking to you right now, as we continue in worship, I want you to ask that question. God, what am I holding on to? And then decide today, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let go of everything. I'm gonna sell it all. For his kingdom is of great worth. So God, we thank you. First, Jesus, we thank you that you have invited us into your kingdom, that you have brought us into your space, that you have brought us, Jesus, into relationship with you. And God, what a privilege, what an honor that we get to be the ones who demonstrate your kingdom culture on earth. So God, today we ask you to speak to us. What are we holding on to? And help us to see it rightly, that it's all rubbish. It's all nothing in exchange for you in exchange for this kingdom that you have called us to. So strengthen us, empower us by your Holy Spirit to run after with fervency your kingdom, God. In Jesus' name, amen.